Our reading this morning is taken from the book of uh, Romans, Romans chapter 8, and I'm reading from verse 18. Romans chapter 8, and reading from verse 18. Paul writes, I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with that glory, with the glory that will be revealed in us. The creation waits in eager expectation for the sons of God to be revealed. For the creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it. In hope that the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the glorious freedom of the children of God. We know that the whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth, right up to the present time. Not only so, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, groan inwardly as we eagerly, as we wait eagerly for our adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we were saved. But hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what he already has? But if we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait for it patiently. In the same way the Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us. With groans that words cannot express. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for the saints in accordance with God's will. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the likeness of his Son, that he might be the firstborn amongst many brothers. And those he predestined, he also called. And those he called, he also justified. And those he justified, he also glorified. Let's pray together. Father God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the encouragement that we get by looking into your word. We thank you that through your word you still speak into our hearts and into our minds and into our lives. And we pray this morning that as we open up your word that you would speak once again through the power of your Holy Spirit working in us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, as we were saying when we were talking to the... uh, children and young people, uh, we're coming to the end of this series that we've called uh, Shape, that you were shaped for serving God, and uh, you'll no doubt recall that uh, the S was for spiritual gifts, the H was for heart, the A for abilities, the P for personality, and the E for experience. We began by uh, Describing the spiritual gifts and uh, dis- saying how important it was to discover the spiritual gifts that God has given you and to, and to go on by developing those spiritual gifts. We, we looked at the heart and we said that uh, we should listen to our hearts, that we should follow our hearts and that we should serve from our hearts. And then we were thinking about uh, ability, the A, and we said 
that we all have the capability to serve, we all have the teachability to serve, and the question was whether we have the availability to serve. And then last week we were looking at the P for personality, and we said, we talked about embracing the person that God has made you, we talked about accepting the person God has made different, and we talked about allowing the person of Christ to transform you. Well, this Sunday we come to the, the final letter in that word shape, and uh, we're thinking about experience. We're thinking about experience. And uh, the first thing I want to say is there is a purpose in your past. There is a purpose in your past. Isn't that a relief? <laughs> it wasn't all a waste of time. <laughs> there is a, a purpose in, uh, in all the things that you have experienced. Uh, there is a purpose. And, uh, and Paul says... And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. This is a, a text that is uh, no doubt well known and, uh, and well used and sometimes uh, misused. And we'll come back to that a little bit later. But there is a purpose in your past uh, Soren Kierkegaard says, Life can only be understood looking backwards, but must be lived looking forwards. Life can only be understood by looking backwards. Sometimes it's only when we look back on past experiences that maybe didn't make a lot of sense at the time, that we can find some purpose in them. The, uh, the, the Bible characters that, uh, that we had at the front of the, the church all had very different experiences, but God was able to use those experiences for his good. And uh, it's true, isn't it? All of us here this morning, uh, just as we have different spiritual gifts and, uh, and abilities, and, uh, and we have different personalities, uh, we also have different experiences. I wonder whether there is one experience in your life uh, that stands out, just like in the biblical characters. If there's an experience that you really feel has shaped your life. Um, just think for a moment and, uh, and maybe share that experience uh, with the person sitting next to you. Just think of one experience. It doesn't have to be uh, a huge experience. It might be a huge experience. But just something that has made a difference in your life or has shaped you into the person that you are today. Just two minutes to share an experience with somebody next to you. Other people. Can you see how uh, different people's uh, experiences, very different, some of them good experiences, some of them more difficult experience, uh, but they shape us into the people uh, that we are. And out of the, the, the five different things that we've been looking at, spiritual gifts, um, ability, you know, uh, personalities, and, uh, and experiences, I, I think experiences probably shape us more than anything else into making us the people that we are, the different experiences that you and I go through. Um, Oscar Wilde said, experience is simply the name that we give our mistakes. 
experience is, is the name that we give our mistakes. And uh, anybody ever made a mistake? One or two people, one or two people. Most of you obviously haven't, but one or two have. And uh, of course, at the time, it seems like the worst possible thing when you make a mistake, doesn't it? When you make a, a bad choice. Uh, but actually, uh, we learn, don't we, through experience. And sometimes uh, learning through experience can be uh, a very painful thing. Uh, Paul writes uh, in his letter to uh, the Philippians, he says, um, talking from prison, he says, Now I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel. As a result, it has become clear throughout the whole palace guard and to everyone else that I am in chains for Christ. Uh, Paul's experience in prison uh, not only shaped his life, but shaped the lives of people around us. So, uh, there is a purpose in our past. But experience, in my experience, will either make us bitter or better. Experience will either make us bitter or better. Paul in his letter to the Corinthians says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of comfort, who comforts us in our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves have received from God. And in that what Paul is saying is that um, when we go through troubles, and somebody mentioned the fact that they'd been through some troubles, one or two people, uh, we can use that experience to help others who are going through similar troubles. But only if we have allowed God to heal the experience that we've been through ourselves. Because experience can make people bitter as well as better. And I guess the truth is we've all met uh, people whose experiences has left them bitter. Uh, people who have experienced breakdown in relationships and there's a bitterness in their soul about what's happened. People who've, who've lost their jobs and fa- perhaps feel uh, bitter about the, uh, the, the fact that somebody made them uh, out of work and they've never been able to find work again. And sometimes people uh, become bitter about God. Because they feel that God hasn't treated them fairly in the the life that they have experienced. So experience will make you bitter or better. And I think this verse that we're thinking about in Romans 8, 28, does need to be handled with care. It does need to be handled with care. Uh, Paul is, is saying... God takes all things, including all our experience, whether they are positive or painful, whether they occurred through our intentional efforts or by accident, whether it was a byproduct of our actions or somebody else's, and God can somehow miraculously work all these experiences out for good. That means that God can take our good experiences as well as our bad experiences and bring good out of them. What I don't think this passage means is that God intentionally provides bad experiences for us to go through. 
This is our friend Rick Warren. And now you're going to be surprised because the quote that I'm putting up is, is, is a quote that I disagree with. Um, it's from his book, uh, The Purpose Driven Life. And he says, God intentionally allows you to go through painful experiences to equip you for ministry to others. I actually completely disagree with that statement. I don't think it's God's intention, and I don't think God sends bad experiences. Although you can find some uh, biblical backup for that in the Old Testament. There's no doubt in, in the Old Testament, the way it's written, it would seem, you know, when we talked about Noah, God sends a flood across the, the, the earth. Uh, you know, in, in the exile, you know, God sends uh, a punishment on, on the people of Israel in, into exile. So there is some biblical backup for that, but I think if you take the whole of Scripture, and especially the New Testament... I don't agree, and this is where we have to be careful when we handle in Scripture. I've heard this verse, uh, you know, used and sort of produced to people and when they're going through awful experiences. says, yes, but God's allowing you to go through this experience because you're going to bring something wonderful out of it. And I don't think that's what this verse says. What I think this verse says is that... Those experiences that we go through and the more painful experiences can be redeemed. God can bring good out of it. And that's a little bit different, I think, than saying that God intentionally produces these experiences for you to go through, to build up your character and to make you more able to help others, although that can be a result of it. Notice the verse... Um, says though um, that God um, works for good of those who love him who've been called according to his purpose does that mean that those people that don't love God that nothing good can come out of their experience well again I don't think that's what the verse says I think the reason why good things can come out of painful experiences for those people that love him is because we can take those experiences, those painful experiences to God and allow God's healing work in our lives that can help us to be able to cope with difficult experiences. Experiences shape us. Sometimes we don't realise to the extent of how much we are shaped by our experiences. Those of you that, uh, that know me, or getting to know me quite well, will know that not only am I a great fan of uh, Rick Warren, but I'm also a great fan of the Old Testament book of Job. And you can sum the Old Testament book of Job up in um, a tension between what Job believes about God and what he experiences about God. At the beginning of the book of Job, uh, Job's beliefs and experience are in complete harmony. Uh, Job has hundreds of cattle and cows and camels and has the perfect family and, uh, and worships God and everything's in harmony. But when things start to go wrong in Job's life, he starts to question what he believed about God. His life is certainly shaped by his experiences. And so, um, experiences, they can make us bitter or they can make us better. And it's really up to us, it's what we do with our experiences, the experiences that we go through. Whether we decide that we're going to allow God to redeem these experiences or not. There's only one thing more painful than 
learning from experience, and that is not learning from experience. I came across this story of two friends who were sitting in a pub uh, watching the 10 o'clock news. A report came on about a man threatening to jump from the 20th floor of a building. One friend turns to the other and says, I bet you £10 the guy jumps. It's a bet, the friend agrees. A few minutes later, sadly, the man jumps off the edge of the building. The man goes to hand his friend £10. He says, I can't take the money from you. Uh, I saw him jump earlier on the 6 o'clock news. Me too, said the other friend, but I didn't think he'd do it again. (laughs) Some people learn from experience. Some people don't learn from experience. And I guess, um, you know, all of us would probably admit that, yes, sometimes we learn from experience, but sometimes we make the same mistakes, don't we, over and over again. Um, We don't always learn from experience. But the message in Romans 8 is that our experiences can be transformed and God can use these bitter experiences, these painful experiences, uh, for his glory. He can bring uh, good out of it. Your, Your greatest pain can be used for God's gain. Your greatest pain can be used for God's gain. The very thing that you wish had never happened to you can still be used for God's glory. The question is, will you allow God to use not only your good and positive experiences, which can also be used, but also your painful experiences? We've all come across this sign very often uh, in, in a gymnasium, or maybe not all of us have come across this sign, we haven't been in a gymnasium, but you know this idea that there's, there's no gain without pain. And of course the idea in the gym is if you, if you work really hard and so that you're, you're in pain doing the exercises, that your body will gain from it. And uh, there is some truth in that very often it's the most painful experiences that we go through that we learn the most from. Sometimes it's the most painful experiences that we go through that we learn the most from. This is another picture of our friend Rick Warren. This is something that I do agree with what he says. He says, God never wastes a hurt. God can take our experiences, particularly our painful ones, and use them in a positive way. I agree with that statement because... Uh, We all have painful experiences that we go through. We've all experienced some things that we would rather have not experienced. And yet those experiences, just as we read before from Paul, you know, if we allow God to comfort us and minister to us in those experiences, we can then do the same to people going through similar experiences. And we heard examples of that as people shared some of their experiences, how they'd been able to use their experiences to become more compassionate or more helpful to other people. Your greatest pain can be used for God's gain. Of course, uh, an Old Testament character that wasn't stood up here that uh, is a very good example of this is the story of Joseph. At the end of his story, this is from Genesis chapter 50, he says, 
when Joseph is uh, reunited with his brothers after he's, he's been through uh, that experience of, of being sold into slavery, uh, being accused wrongfully of attacking Potiphar's wife, of, of being left to rot in the jail, and finally being found there and started to interpret dreams and given a, a great position uh, of power. He says this at the end of his story, he says, You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. A great example of how God can use a horrible situation where somebody's sold into slavery, where somebody's put in prison after being falsely accused, and how God can transform and use that situation. And again, I don't want to emphasize, that isn't the same as saying that God orchestrated that, that situation. He thought, I know what I'll do to Joseph. I'll get his brothers to sell him into slavery. And then I'll get Potiphar's wife to accuse him wrongly and leave him in, in jail. It's not that God orchestrates that situation, but that God can use that situation for his good and for the good of other people. And of course, Joseph got them to save grain and, and food, and so that when the famine arrived... Uh, that there was food for people and Joseph's brother and father come along eventually and are reunited. Your greatest pain can be used for God's gain. Sometimes God redeems your story by surrounding you with people who need to hear your past so it doesn't become their future. This is uh, a picture of my uh, first daughter, Rebecca, who, uh, who sadly died um, two weeks before her first uh, birthday. And uh, I guess for me and Susan, the most painful experience we've been through is uh, the loss of children. And of course, uh, it isn't an experience that we would have chosen to go through. Uh, nobody would. And yet, through that experience... Um, we've been able to minister to people who've been through similar experiences. I've had the, the privilege of, of addressing people, uh, standing up. One of the most scariest things I've had to do is, is stand up in front of a, a whole church full of people who've, who have been through that same situation and, uh, and have lost children. And, uh, and what can I say? Um, I've shared your experience. I've been through a similar experience. And, uh, and straight away, people identify with that, because you've been through a similar experience. Uh, I wouldn't have chosen to have been through that experience, and uh, Harold Kushner, a Jewish theologian who wrote a very well-known book called When Bad Things Happen to Good People, uh, he experienced the loss of a son, uh, and in his book he says that um, <clears throat> losing a son may have made me a much more compassionate and caring uh, rabbi. Uh, But if I had the choice, I'd rather be an uncompassionate, an uncaring rabbi and have my son with me. Uh, We don't choose always the experiences that we go through. But your greatest pain can be used for God's gain. Your greatest pain can be used for God's gain if you allow it. You know, when people stand up and, and share testimonies... And sometimes it's great, isn't it, to hear people who who stand up and give wonderful testimonies about how God's, uh, in some miraculous way, has transformed a situation. 
you know, we hear, don't we, people standing up and saying that, you know, their friend had become ill and they'd rushed to the hospital and prayed for them and, and a wonderful miracle happens. But the thing is with those sorts of testimonies is most people are sat in the congregation thinking, sadly, that's not my experience. Um, I can remember I used to go when I was younger, I used to go to a thing called uh, uh, the Businessman's Breakfast Fellowship. And there was a bunch of very charismatic people. And uh, they would always have a visiting speaker uh, that had some absolutely tremendous, miraculous story to tell. And uh, they were very powerful stories, and I'm not knocking them, you know, how how God had moved in, in miraculous ways. But the one that I remember was when a guy that I knew stood up and talked about the fact um, that he had cancer and that God wasn't healing him, that he was dying. And I I think that that testimony uh, touched more people's lives than the miracles that people uh, talked about because people could experience, identify with that experience when God doesn't turn up. When God doesn't heal. And of course this was the experience of some of those, those characters that we, uh, that we looked at and, and, and heard from uh, this morning. You know, Daniel's thrown into uh, the lion's den. Uh, Jonah's in, in the belly of the fish. Not places where you would want to be. Not places where you would want to be. And uh, our greatest pain can be used for God's gain. Broken things can become blessings. I think this is what this passage in Romans is saying. It's saying God can take those experiences and bring good out of them. That God can transform people's lives. We are in the business of mending broken lives. Of saying your situations can be redeemed. The experiences that have perhaps made you bitter and not better are not lost God can bring something good out of them. It isn't that God's going to remove the pain and the heartache of those situations, but God can use those situations in helping other people. And there's a sense in which if you've been through painful experience, uh, you want something good to come out of it. You want something good. You want it to count for something. And, uh, you know, so many people, when we, when you watch the London Marathon, there's so many, the BBC loved only to tell the stories of, of why people are running. And lots of people are running in the memory of people who have lost the battle of cancer or who have lost the battle with whatever it was. And they want their lives to count for something. They want some good to come out of it. Broken things can become blessed things. Your greatest pain can be used for God's gain. And of course, the most obvious example of this is Jesus' death on the cross. That God used his own greatest pain for his own greatest gain. That Jesus not only lived, but he suffered and he died. And yes, he rose again. Hallelujah. But let's not forget that he went through the pain of the cross. And there's no resurrection without the suffering of the cross. Our greatest gain can be used for God's greatest gain. If we allow the work that Jesus did on the cross to be alive in our lives. 
Beryl mentioned the Alpha Course, and one of the things I always say in the Alpha Course is, um, you know, there's no argument that I can give that's going to convince you um, to believe in Jesus. All I can do is share my experience of Jesus with you. All I can do is share what God has done in my life. But at the end of the day, the only people that will convince people, the only thing that will convince them is if they have that same experience of God in their lives. Experience really does shape us. And I guess the one experience that shaped most of us, that we perhaps don't always think to mention, is the experience of Jesus in our lives. That's shaped us and made us the people that we are today. So as we come to the end of this series, thinking about how God has shaped us, how he's made us, how he's uniquely given us certain spiritual gifts, how he's given us a heart for some things and not for others, how he's given us natural abilities that we can use uh, for his glory, how he's given us a personality uh, that makes us the person that we are, and how these experiences have shaped us. The question, of course, is, are we using our shape in God's service? We've mentioned before, there's a list at the back, and I think um, that Rose has put the list up on the back there on the notice board, of ways in which you can use your shape uh, to serve God in this place. And if you feel, you know, that God has shaped you in a particular way and you're not using your shape, you know, do talk to me or one of the other deacons about how you can use your shape to better serve God. Because God has shaped us for service. He's given us spiritual gifts. He's given us a heart. He's given us ability. He's given us a personality. And he's allowed us to go through experiences. God does allow us to go through experiences. We can't argue with that. He doesn't always jump in and, and stop us experiencing bad things. But the message of Romans is that we know in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose.